Welcome back to another episode of Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host. Grandma Gail. So this week we talk to Katie Sands. Her Instagram is honestly Kate. And I feel like I know a lot of people who follow her. She's a great fashion blogger and just so positive. She does a lot for good. We didn't get into that with her, but she's big on like different charities. And, and I think she gives good advice to um, young people on fashion trends. She's a style host on Amazon Live. So right. she has a lot of expertise in that world. And she also recently got married. And that was all over Instagram. So we talked to her about her wedding, her venue, her dress, all of that. So guys, we are joined by Katie Sands. You may know her from her Instagram, which I followed forever. Honestly, Kate, she's also an Amazon Live style host, which we think is the coolest thing ever. I think it's great since we love Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Katie, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of the podcast and I'm so excited to be on today with the two of you. Thank you. Uh, So let's start with your age, relationship status, and where you're from slash currently living. Perfect. So I am 29. I am currently living in New York City in the village and I just got married a month ago. So I'm now married, which is crazy. We can't wait. We can't wait to hear the details, but we'll discuss that later. We haven't had a right. on. This before. is very exciting yeah. for us since we talk about relationships all the time. Finally, we got a beautiful bride to talk to. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you are so sweet. Well, I'm very excited to dish the deets. I feel like I've shared so much on my Instagram, but there's still so much to talk about. And since our wedding, we've actually gone to four other weddings. So, so it, feel, starts, it starts happening, I guess. Oh, yes. It's like I've already feel like my wedding was so long ago because we've celebrated so many of our friends since, which is, it, I mean, it's it, it's all good things. So the marriage is alive and well. Thank heavens. Yes. Thank you. I lost hope for a minute. I'm, I'm younger than her. I know, but I've lost hope in the whole generation. Now I'm getting hope again. Okay. No, I feel like marriage is alive and well. I feel like now that the pandemic is finally feel like we're putting it past us. I feel like the dating scene is back. People should be excited. I have a lot of cousins actually who are also all around my age and they are really like, they are finally out there. We've Who's had it? some, yeah. we've had some breakups of engagements and people are back out in my family. And I feel like I, there's a lot of hope. There's life again at the time. Exactly. When you've gone to other weddings since yours, have you turned to your husband and been like, oh shit, we should have done that. Like I didn't think about it. (laughs) Actually, since our wedding finish, it's been like incredible to be a wedding guest because it's the first time I can actually go to a wedding and not start taking notes or texting my planner or like like everything. Exactly. I can just relax. But my, I'm like so happy. I'm like, someone get me a tequila. I'm ready to get on the dance floor. I have nothing to do. I don't have to be anywhere at a certain time. It's actually been amazing. They say the first wedding after your own is the best wedding you'll ever go to. And it's, it's true. That's so interesting. So I want to hear like how you met your husband and how long were you dating before getting engaged? So we actually were set up by a friend, Lizzie Savetsky. She also is a big influencer. She's in the dating world because she's, she's has a matchmaking show. Um, She is definitely more religious than me, more of a, uh, she's a modern Orthodox Jew. And she, um, we met because I was speaking at a charity event for Wheatso and she came up to me after the event and introduced herself, said, I think we follow each other. It's so great to meet you in person. Um, and her best friend is my now husband's older sister. So my sister-in-law and she set us up. 
Very nice. And I, we, I knew she was going to. I love this. the setups. <laughs> I know. So I have to, I have to say I was being set up with a lot of people prior to meeting my now husband. And I loved setups because they were just fun, but I started getting really down on setups because I felt like I was being set up with, you know, all my mom's friends, sons, or like friends, brothers. And if I didn't like whether you would hit it or off or not. Exactly. And if I didn't like them or vice versa, it's really awkward to tell like your mom's best friend that you didn't like their son or you didn't want to go out with them again. Or I felt like it was very uncomfortable. Like growing up in the, um, like the scene of the city, I just felt like it was too much overlap. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting myself on all the dating apps. I actually found out last week that I was still on hinge. You have to get off. (laughs) Now it's time for your, for your contract or whatever. It was so bad. My brother actually said I was getting flowers monthly and I thought it was from the brand. So I'm like, this is so weird. I thought this flower brand called book was sending me floral, like a flower arrangement every month. My brother called me. He's like, have you been getting flowers every month? Because I think they're from me because I've been getting charged a subscription fee. You should check your subscriptions. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. So I'm going on my phone, by the way, everyone needs to check their subscriptions. Cause not only was I on hinge, I was on AMC. I like the movie theater app. I was, I, I had all these subscriptions that I never knew I was paying for because they show up as either iTunes or Apple pay on your credit card. So I thought it was just part of the phone. Ooh, that's been happening. Yeah. Yeah, you better check yours. You better check because I I had no I, I was paying for about 15 subscriptions for the past few years that I didn't know about. Well, all I pay for is Netflix. You and would it, have no idea. If you I have no idea. Days. I have no idea. Yeah. But the only thing I want to sign up for is Amazon Prime and Netflix, and maybe exactly. Hulu now because you've got oh. me on that show, Kim. What the, show? The great. The great Which about Captain the Great. Oh, I haven't watched that yet, but it's I've so been watching. Funny. It's so I, silly, but it's. Oh. She's terrific. The actress yeah, is wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are so many good shows right now. I'm, re- I'm like, I'm really into We Crash on. I think it's Apple TV and Severance. Okay. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Have you so gone back good. to theater yet in the city? Or see, our whole thing is we love the theater. And we haven't been back in two years. Oh, you guys have to go. I've been back. I've been to now two shows. I went oh. to see. Plaza Suite, and I saw Moulin Rouge for the third time. Right, um, great show. And I'm going to Michael Jackson, who I thought was—I thought Michael Jackson was canceled, but supposedly the show is incredible. They say he's great. The, the dancing, yes. the dancing is fabulous. But like, how do people support Michael Jackson? Still? I don't well, know. You know what? I think it's it was his music. They're not. They don't talk about. They it. don't get into the pedophilia. I no, guess, okay. which I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you do a really good musical number about pedophilia? I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. What was and I'm dying to, see, <laughs> I'm dying to see the show Six. I heard it's incredible. Oh, my little um, grandchild saw it this weekend, oh, actually, and, and she loved it. The music is beautiful. There's no sets. It's the women, the six women on stage all the time. It's almost operatic. And, and they're, they're just singing and their voices are fabulous. Well, Katie, I know you kind of started your interest in fashion, like from the theater, like acting world and looking at costume design, right? So how, how did you eventually like come into what you're doing now? So, I mean, you said it better than I could have said it. I literally transitioned from the theater production world. I was very into set design, costume design, lighting design. And I had started my Instagram account, Honestly Kate, kind of just for fun to share my favorite recommendations in New York City because I had just moved into the city from college and it took off and it had a following of its own. And I loved how Patricia Fields, the costume designer for Sex and the City, for Younger, I mean, she's so, she really revolutionized how 
women, especially women and men, but especially women wore contemporary clothing um, in TV shows instead of bespoke clothing, which we see in so many, you know, obviously theater productions and a lot of TV shows at the time. So I started styling some of my actors through my grad program in contemporary clothes as well. And then I was posting myself in the clothes so that not only could my audience, which was slowly growing at the time, see what I was wearing, but also see you can shop the you, I was able to shop the actor's clothing. So I found that really interesting. Um, and then I sort of left the theater world completely when my following started to take off. And I realized I can actually monetize my account at the time, which is, which is still honestly Kate. And my blog was still honestly Kate and I went for it, but now I'm kind of mixing the two worlds. Cause I'm back to hosting pretty much hosting full-time, still working on partnerships on my Instagram, but I'm hosting like 99% of the time, whether it be on Amazon live, we're working on something very exciting as like what, what I'm hoping will become a full-time position at the today show, but it's really just like, we're, we're testing out the waters and I've been doing some style segments for today for shop today. And then for GMA as well. Amazing. So, terrific. so you go in Thank as like you. a style correspondent and talk about exactly. like for spring or whatever it may be. Exactly. So we're doing, I'm really just focusing on style segments right now, but my goal is to do more everyday mm-hmm. lifestyle entertainment hosting um, and become Hoda. That is my goal. <laughs> well, everybody wants to become Hoda. <laughs> I mean, she is like, the most know, loved person in the world. I know. So I, I love, I love doing, I have love the mix of both. I love being able to go on, you know, a social media platform and post on there and have my own like personal audience, but then also um, work with a completely different audience and different hosts with live TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in that world for yeah. a while. And it's so fun. Live TV is like a whole different beast. I feel like oh, yeah. I never know what I say. I'm like, did I just black out? I'm not quite sure what I said. I hope I said like the right product name, the right brand name. I never I'm like, it's every single time it never gets easier. <laughs> yeah. How did you get the opportunity to do the Amazon live style hosting? I auditioned for Amazon Live when they were first starting this platform um, about two months before the world shut down. And I just auditioned as, you know, a talent host. And I went into their studio on 34th Street and met with some of the producers. And they said, we, we started Amazon Live, but we're really taking it to the next level. And we're going to have streams on everything from style to tech to finance, whatever the topic is. And we want different hosts to host the different streams for it. And I auditioned with a few friends of mine and we all became like part of their 10 main hosts for their deals live. And then the world shut down and we transitioned the entire show into our home. So I was living at my parents' home on the North Shore of Long Island and it became my Amazon studio for the next two years. So now we're finally transitioning back into the studio. Thank goodness, because I can't, I, I can't very stand. Much like with you, Kim. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. And you're closed down. There was nothing you could do. You had to go home and do it from home. Exactly. Which was interesting. I had like people screaming in the background, family fighting. Um, There was a lot going on, but I think it became more successful for Amazon because we were actually using the products and, you know, in the comfort of our own home, how we would really use them. So it was less of a studio setup and it was more authentic and the audience really liked it. So they keep trying to keep us going at home, but I think most of us are trying to get back to the studio. 
That makes sense. And you said there's like 10 of you who are Amazon live. Like it isn't Paige DeSorbo one of them or is yes, that? She's different? great. Okay. We actually have the same birthday. So we one time did a birthday stream together. Um, she's one of them there. There's like, you know, I mean, some of the hosts have gone to different positions now at different places, but it started with about like 10 of us. We were kind of like a Mickey mouse club mm-hmm. and we never actually got to really be together in person. So it was strange because we had to act like we were best friends, but we had never met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all virtual for two years. And now finally we're starting to be with each other in person in the studio, but it's definitely weird. Cause it's like, Oh, we've been doing this. You've seen my entire apartment, you know, what I do and what I eat for breakfast. You know, what my husband looks like in his boxers when he wakes up and I'm about to start a stream, but like, we've never actually met. So how would you describe your personal style and where do you get inspiration from? Everyone I follow on Instagram, just like street style. I really find inspiration from everywhere. Certainly in New York, you get inspiration just walking on the street. Yeah, exactly. I will stop people on the street all the time. I have absolutely no shame. I'll ask them where they got their bag, their shoes, their dress. I'll tell them they look amazing. I feel like you should never hold back a compliment. So I really try to go for it. Good. You're like that too. Yeah, yeah. I am. If I love something, I absolutely will ask them. I, and and, it, and most people think it's a compliment. They, they don't get offended and they're very happy to share. Exactly. And like, anytime someone's asked me, I'm so happy to share. Like I'll accept, I'm like, text me, I'll send you the link or DM me. I'll send you the yeah. actual link to it. I feel like it's such a compliment. So I feel like I find inspiration from everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Instagram, how do you feel like content creation in general, like with fashion is changing? Because I feel like we saw more curated posts to now, like kind of people doing photo dumps and like no filter and kind of being sort not- of what we do, Kim. <laughs> no filter. <laughs> yeah, I guess. We have no filters. Have I no love that. Mentally or physically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Honestly, that's the best way to be in life. Well, I find like, I, I don't know. I When I first started, my feed was so curated. I think I have a screenshot of it because it was like all my photos were exactly the same in the same exact edit preset. I used the mm-hmm. same exact photographer. I would get fully glammed up hair and makeup and I would go out on the street and be in a full outfit with heels and everything like that so then I transitioned it real fast I feel like really at the start of the pandemic when I had nowhere to go so why was I getting dressed up and why would I be taking these photos when no one had anywhere to go so who was I inspiring to look that way and I realized that that's actually what people would rather see. They want to see you in your real authentic life every day. They rather see what I'm wearing, walking my dog and in half pajamas and like sandals with socks in them than what I'm wearing to an event at night. So I find that it was definitely hard for me because I feel like if I'm following a fashion, like creator influencer, like I want to see good outfits. Like if I need to like see someone in pajamas, like I'll, I'll look in the mirror. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I would think too, because that's sometimes something maybe like I would like to follow as well. I want to see people, you know, in outfits that I can aspire to look like right. or aspire to copy. However, I have found that my engagement does much better when I am in my everyday casual nothing look. And I find that really interesting considering that I started as a fashion blogger and I feel like people on Instagram, you know, with that I follow might be having more curated feeds, mm-hmm. but I follow, I have to follow what the audience wants and they want, they want the everyday look. They want to see what I'm making for breakfast, even if it's a boring oatmeal cup and they don't care when I'm dressed up and going to events. So I found that they're not doing that. So they want to emulate your, your everyday uh, attire that they can put on as well. And I understand that completely. 
I mean, because who cares if they're wearing a spangled dress? They're never going out to that affair, but they would like to see what she's wearing to go to the market. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think that's quite, um, actually quite authentic. The, the times are changing. It's kind of hard to like move with them, but I find that people are looking for more authenticity. I think some people have taken it like a little too far and they're just showing like things that I'm just like, okay, don't need to see that. I know you're doing that or I know you're going that place. And I'm like, people don't need to see me giving my dog a bath or picking up her shit off the street, but they want to see where I take her to the park or if she has play dates or if I have a dog walker and they're interested in those details because it's more relatable. What about being overly personal about like your relationship or other things going on in your life? I know a lot of creators will like talk to the camera on stories and be like crying. Like this is what's going on. And sometimes I actually like, I really like that, but sometimes I'm like not into it. So what are your feelings on that? I think it's definitely a fine line for me. It's been really tricky to navigate. My husband is super private. He is not, you know, he's not a social media king at all. He's not trying to be, he, I think like maybe we'll post on Instagram once every two to three years maximum. <laughs> and, or if I'm like, hi, you should post about our wedding or repost. He's like, no, I have definitely found it tricky to navigate what I share about him or what I show about him and what I keep private. I do know that the more you share about your family and significant other, the more your engagement will go up significantly. I've seen it happen to so many friends of mine and that is their choice. And if they want to show their kids and they want to show their everyday, that's their choice. And I know it does really well for social media, for a social media presence. And you can get a lot more partnerships that way. You're going to get more followers that way. It's just not what works for us. So we keep things a little more private. Of course, I'm allowed to share like the wedding details and the photos from that, but I'm not following him around with a camera ever. And when we have kids- Good idea to keep the marriage correct. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Fine line between between your professional and your personal life. That's a good idea. Definitely. And I also feel that, you know, he's so supportive of me and my career and like, we'll say you share whatever you want to share about you and you can talk on camera and I will be there supporting you, but I don't need to be in front of it. Fair. I want to hear more about the wedding, like picking your dress, picking the venue. Yeah, because I think all the girls now in the spring are dying to get out there and get married. They're the ones who are really, really at that point, and they would love to hear how you pick how and your brides magazine, which is oh super impressive. So I'm sure people want to copy that too. Yes, it was. I mean, brides was incredible. Um, we were planning at first not to really share anything about the wedding and keep it super private, and then I had you know, some outlets reach out because of my following, which was so, which I obviously was so grateful for. And we finally made the decision to share it with brides, um, as opposed to some other outlets, because brides really let me choose what we could share and what was not going to be shared, which I thought was really great. Whereas some other outlets, you know, I didn't have any creative say over what was going to be shared. Um, or I wasn't allowed to see the, the writing, which usually happens with any press. And I really wanted to see what was being said to make sure it was going in a positive direction, which it was, which I was so thankful for. So, um, picking the dress, I feel like was the easiest part. I just, you know, I with your the, mom or your best friends. Or yes. Oh, I went with my mom, my grandma, my sister, and my dog. Okay. 
and my mother-in-law on FaceTime because she, she lives in LA and my sister-in-law also on FaceTime. Picking the dress was super easy. I, I got my dress at Vera Wang. I try, I bought the first dress I tried on. It's not the only dress I tried on. I tried on a lot of dresses after the dress. I think people are like, oh my God, that's so cliche. You bought the first dress you tried on, but I'm like, no, but I did try on other dresses. Mm. It just went back to that one at the end. Um, so it was, it was Vera Wang. I mean, there's no one that does it like Vera. She hands out champagne. It's a very lovely experience. They were so kind to my dog and let her sleep on the couch. And it was really fun. And that part was, that part was definitely the easiest decision I had to make when it came to the wedding planning. How long between, before you got married from when you got engaged? I'm just curious. Cause this is the thing that I always mm-hmm. wonder if, if it two people drag it out too long. Okay. So I feel like I'm going to get a, I've been getting a lot of slack for this, but I feel like you get engaged to get married. You don't get engaged to be engaged. And maybe I'm very old school when it comes to that, but I felt like, I I mean, I got a lot of hate on my Instagram when I said that. So I'm sure I'm going to get it on the podcast as well, but I just find that like, there's no reason to drag it out. I feel we made the decision that when we got engaged, we were going to be married within the year. Um, oh, I would have, yeah. I would have done six months, but the, the venue was available with Um, the venue was available. It was nine months from when we got engaged and I would have done it faster because I feel like the more time that you prolong it, the more problems and issues and things that come up and it's like, you can just get it done. Um, but you know, we got, we were dating for two and a half years before we got engaged You're and really then known each other for a while. Yeah. So we've known each other for a while. Trust me. I think my mom would have liked us to get engaged within the year of meeting, but that was just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but she was like on our asses, like the second we moved in together to get engaged because she was very much like, you know, she's a Jewish mama. She was like, when is it happening? Traditional. And yes. Very traditional. But we got, we got engaged within two and a half years. And then we got married within the year of getting engaged. And when you moved in together, did you have it with the mindset of like, I already know that I'm going to marry this person? Or was it very much like, this is a trial, we'll see how this goes and take like every step at a time? Definitely with the mindset of we knew we were each other's person. I think that it's like people move in together sometimes these days for this trial run. And I feel like you don't, you shouldn't move in to play house with someone like you should move in not saying it's always going to work out, but you should move in with the mindset of like, I want to move in with this person because this is the person I want to spend my life with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, I said to Brian, when we moved in, like, you have a year to propose or else I'm going to be dragged out by my parents from this apartment. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I got it. We had a five month engagement and, and, and by the end of the, almost by the end of the five months, families start to have friction because exactly. everybody wants to, and that becomes an issue. And the longer you drag these things out, even if you love both sides of your families, it's, you have a lot of different personalities giving you input. I and, think it's super weird though, when people are engaged for like three months and then get married. Cause I'm like, how do you put together a wedding? You don't have to have such a big wedding. You can just get married. I mean, oh, well, all right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we had made the decision that if COVID was still a thing, which it is, by our wedding date, we were getting married still. So we were going to get married on the date that we planned and whoever was going to make it can make it. And that was that. And like, 
obviously I had hoped that wasn't the case. I wanted all my friends and family to be there, but we had made that decision earlier on and that we would always, we'll throw a party down the line if we still wanted to. Mm -hmm. Did COVID cause any anxieties in the end when planning your wedding? Like, were you not sure? Like, did you try to cap it at a certain amount or have it outside or how did that affect anything? Yes, definitely. I mean, I feel like it's just such a hassle to deal with, with COVID. First of all, prices have skyrocketed with the wedding industry, which I was very shocked about um, just because, you know, they had two years where these event spaces weren't hosting anything. So now they can and they can charge certain prices. So that was definitely a real shock to me. And we wanted to do originally have the wedding in Mexico where we got engaged. And because of COVID, both our family said, absolutely not. And so we moved it to Florida because Brian's family is Canadian and we needed them to be able to get to a place without having to test to come back and forth. And they have, you know, easier COVID restrictions if you have a residence in Florida, which a lot of them did. And obviously for New Yorkers, it's very easy to get to. So we tried to do it outside actually. And the permits were so difficult for Florida to do a tent outside on the beach that we found a venue that we could have inside. And we really like left it up to our guests to see if they were comfortable coming. We tested everyone prior to the weekend we required vaccinations and yet of course people still got COVID including my grandma so oh, it's no. and it's she's totally bad. fine okay good. but but it's just it's the risk you're going to take and she was she didn't want to miss it so of course I was so worried when she was the first one to test positive for COVID the day after the wedding but she's completely fine thank God and everyone who had gotten COVID from the wedding weekend is fine Good, Mm -hmm. good. And what was the process of like picking who was going to be in your wedding party? I like none of my friends are engaged, but it's our favorite thing to talk about of like, would they be (laughs) in your wedding party? You know? Okay. So this is very difficult, especially it was very hard for me. So I have about, I had 35 people at my bachelorette. I have a lot of, yes, I have a lot of very, very close friends and I keep my friends from like the ages of two to when I meet them now. And I have a lot of friends from different parts of my life. So I had like a lot of, I have like a group of four best friends from college, a group of three best friends from high school, some best family friends that I grew up with, camp friends. And so I just made the decision that I wasn't going to have any friends in my bridal party because I couldn't pick some over the other. It was just too hard for me. So I said, I'm going to invite them all to the bachelorette. And I didn't think they were all going to come, but everyone came. So I had a giant bachelorette, but it was one night in the city. I didn't want anyone to spend over $300 at my bachelorette. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like the destination bachelorettes are just like, they got, they're too much these days. I don't know. There people are spending $2,000 on bachelorettes. I think it's ridiculous, but that's my personal opinion on it. So I wanted my friends to spend $300 between dinner, alcohol, event, cap it at that. And I had all my cousins and my sisters in my bridal party. That's what we were discussing before. It becomes very complicated. And especially if your husband had siblings as well, you know, how do you, you got to just put the family first and then let the friends do, as you say, this party first. But I don't have any like women really who would be in my bridal party. My cousin? (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you have, that's it. Well, you have you have two cousins. You have two cousins, and uh, and then perhaps the young man that you're going to end up with has exactly has, sisters. Exactly. You know, it's both sides. Only God knows. Only God knows. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you know what? I find it's. I think you stick to the family if you can't make a decision. It's better, and like that way, you're not hurting anyone or having to explain yourself to anyone. Because trust me, in the wedding process, people are going to be offended no matter what you do. I still have friends that were, that are offended. And, and obviously I feel bad that they felt like they weren't included in some things or they weren't seated closest to me at the wedding, or they weren't in certain pictures. And obviously you feel so bad about that, but people are going to be sensitive and offended no matter what. And I find that if you haven't been in many weddings or you haven't had your own wedding, those are the people that are the most sensitive friends of mine that have had their own weddings who understand how difficult it is to get everyone together in the seating and everything that goes into it would never say anything. So what are your overall feelings about documenting weddings on social media? Like, I feel like I'm getting to a point where it's kind of all I'm seeing in my feed and everyone's like sending screenshots. Did you see this or that? Like, how do you, obviously you posted some photos. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's really crazy right now. I mean, every single weekend, if there's not an engagement, there's a wedding. And I think it's just because of the times we're in, they said there's more weddings this year than ever in history, because people felt like they put it off for two and a half something years that now it's all happening at once. I mean, since our wedding, which was a month ago, we have gone to a wedding every single weekend. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I really want to share my friend's wedding because I love them and want to post about them. But it's like, that's all I'm sharing is friends' weddings these days. And I think it's just because of the times we're in, I think in a year, it's going to completely slow down and get back to normal again. And it's going to be a mix of more events, birthdays, different things going on, not just wedding content. It just is what it is this year, especially um, for my friends in my age group. I feel like it's just going to be our next year and a half and then it's going to really slow down. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I want to go to back to fashion for a minute and talk about spring is coming. Do you have any tips or like ideas of, or color, color. or trends, trends so that many. might be wearing for the spring? I've been seeing a lot of color trends between pink and black together, like hot, like fuchsia pink almost and green and yellow paired together. I've been seeing everything in those two colorways. I've also been seeing a lot of um, shirt dresses. So like blouse type dresses. I think that's very in like more of that androgynous look like the Frankie shop. I feel like throws out a lot of pieces similar to that. Um, I just did an overall segment that's, I think overalls are really back in a big way. There's a look for, for, um, like more evening wear I've been seeing, which I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of, but it's very trendy for sure. A lot of cutouts, like within dresses, within tops, that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's hard to wear the cutouts. I feel like it's never in a place that I want it to be. Yeah, but you do wear them. Yeah, because I'm like such a trend follower. You do wear them and they look cute on you. I mean, not, but for an older audience that the the cutouts just don't work. I mean, it's maybe a little bit on the arm, but it doesn't tend to work. So we're basically saying young people have the the, uh, ability to wear all these trends and look adorable in them. And next you know what? I've also been seeing a lot of lace trends. I feel like oh, lace is not pretty. just for evening wear anymore. I've been seeing a lot of lace blouses and lace like daytime dresses. And I think that's really, really big. My grandma actually wore a neon yellow lace dress 
to oh, my pretty. wedding, which I was shocked about because I've never seen her really like take that step or like that risk when it came to fashion. But she was like, I like I heard it was trendy. They put it on me in the store and I love it. So I'm like, like you look amazing. I think it's Thank so you. much fun. She could wear it for daytime or evening. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to hear more about the relationship with your grandma. Were you always super close? And more yes. than one grandma. We have, do you have, do you have two? Well, still- I ha- one of my grandmothers passed away a while ago, but she, but I have my grandmother who's, her name's Anita, but I call her Gummy and she's my best friend. And she comes with me to everything for work, for personal, for everything. She lives in the city as well. So we're together all the time. Um, and then my mom's mom was Harriet, who was like a ball buster. She's wild. And then we have my um, Brian's grandmother, who lives in Montreal, and her name's Nina, but we call her Bubby, and we're also extremely close with her. Very mm-hmm. nice. That's lovely. And does your grandma comment on, I want to know both like your style and your love life? Like what are her oh, thoughts? Oh, yes. She's very opinionated. Mm-hmm. Uh, my style, she will tell me if something's hideous. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, Kate, you, she calls me Kate. Um, she'll be like, Kate, please take that off. It's really hideous. You cannot wear it. But then she'll also tell me when she's wrong. Like she did not like my outfit for one of the nights for the wedding weekend and told me beforehand, please don't wear that. You look like a Chiquita banana. Like it's not a good look for you. And then at the wedding, she said, I was wrong. I like it now. Okay. Really well. All right. Um, my love life, she definitely comments on as well. Um, she, like it's well, not anymore. Well, she not anymore. No, no, not anymore. No, not anymore. Once the marriage is no, done, no, no. there's no more comments. She, she, and she's thrilled, and she she walked down the aisle, and she was so excited at the wedding. But she, but prior to that, when I would bring guys around her she didn't really comment to them she would mostly just stand there and observe them in like a very judgmental way to see if they were like how they would handle it and my cousins and I we actually do something that's very funny um every time there's a new significant other in the family we bring them to my grandmother's apartment and all 10 of the cousins go plus significant others and we pretty much put them in a hot seat we order Chinese food from Lily and Lou and we ask them a thousand inappropriate questions and see how they handle it. My God. So how many dates do you have to go on with one of the family members to make it to that? Like, do you have to be very serious? So it depends on the person. So for like, I was very comfortable with Brian, but I obviously didn't want to put him in that uncomfortable situation because it hasn't worked out for past relationships of mine. <laughs> so I think I gave him like, I gave him until we were officially boyfriend and girlfriend to invite him to that because okay. I was like, hey, I gotta lock it down before I bring him into the right. bring him to like, him to this. Yeah. Exactly. So I did that. Um it definitely hasn't worked out for some for some cousins, significant others. They've gotten very intimidated <laughs> as oh, they should. Then it and it's then it wasn't good because that's the family dynamic. So forget it. Exactly. So it really puts them to the test. Mm-hmm. So I want to end the episode with a game we play with all of our guests, Grandma Gail's old fashioned dating quiz. So basically we go through some scenarios and we will deem hypothetically whether you're more of a traditional old fashioned dater or more of a modern dater. And no longer dating. So it's just, we just like to hear your opinion. Yeah, your opinion or like what you did before. Right. By the way, I just want to say that I love dating. I feel like it gets such a negative reputation connotation these days. Dating, I think you just have to have fun with it. You have to go into each. First of all, my number one opinion is my mother one. My number one suggestion is 
You should never shop for opinions from friends. Go out with anyone and everyone that someone sets you up with. Don't ask a friend about them because the second you're asking about them, you're shopping for something negative. Mm-hmm. And just go judge for yourself. See if it's a good fit and have fun with it. And if it's the date, it's horrible. Like leave and go get yourself pizza. That's like what I used to do. I'd be like, mm, the state's not for me. But I should still have a fun night dressed up. Totally agree with you. I have the same mindset, but I do think like you can ask friends like after you've gone on a few dates, if they like, you know, no, not their business. I think you're shopping for opinions. Exactly. Like if you're sending a screenshot of a text because you don't know how to respond, it's already a no. Right. Like you should be very comfortable with the person, feel very secure. It shouldn't be, obviously it should be like some flirtatious back and forth, but no games. I feel like the second you're involving other people right. because you need their help or opinions, it's a negative. Hmm. That's really interesting, actually. I But sometimes I just feel like it's because you feel like if you like somebody, the stakes are high. So that's why you're asking. I don't feel like it's always like, oh my God, this makes me uncomfortable. Like, what do I say? Sometimes it's like, he asked if I'm free on Friday. Like, how do I respond in a cool way? Why do you have to have a cool way? Just say I'm free. This is so, I hate that cool thing. Just I agree. It's games that yeah. you shouldn't be playing. Let's get to the test. <laughs> it's getting annoyed now. Okay. First one is, would you rather receive a call or a text from someone you're dating if it's just to say hi? Oh, this is a hard one. So I personally rather a text just because I think a call really puts you on the spot. However, Brian used to always call me and it really made me nervous, but I answered and like, now we're married. So I think if someone is having like the chutzpah to call you, answer the phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you sleep with someone on the first date? No, not if I wanted to have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Dating apps or setups? Both. I think you should manifest to be open to either. Move in together before getting engaged or after? I think move in together before or with the intention of being married. Mm-hmm. And who do you think should pay for the date? Should it be one person in the relationship or should you alternate or split or whatever? Uh, I think the, I think the man should pay if, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, definitely should be paying for at least the first five dates mm-hmm. and then if you want to pick up coffee or croissant or a bagel for breakfast like that should be on you for sure so actually a little bit more modern yeah but, but split but split yeah I like yeah. her whole thinking yeah I'm too. with I'm with I'm her it. <laughs> I'm so glad I feel like it's I feel like it's so hard these days because of it course is. there's some ways that you should you know I'm all about female empowerment and I have my own business but then I also want to be treated very romantically and old school at the same time so I think it's good to have a mix of both mm-hmm. I think that's a hundred percent the crux of like what our generation is dealing with now of like we want to be treated equally in like business and in life. But when it comes to romance, like there are separate rules. Like you don't act exactly the same as the person you're going out with. Like women still like chivalry and all of these mm-hmm. things. And, and a little like, bit of chasing. Exactly. <laughs> chasing. Everyone Absolutely. wants to feel a little bit. Very important. <laughs> Even when you're married, like I'm like, I want to feel like I'm still being taken out on a date and having some romance. I think the hardest thing for women for our generation is the proposal. I've talked to so many friends of mine about this because still the thing that you have no control over and women are still waiting and feeling like they're waiting around. Whereas in so many other parts of their relationship, they feel like they're more equals. 
That's interesting. But I mean, do you then have a pre-conversation when you're starting to think about those things of like, Hey, are we going to get engaged soon versus just like waiting to be surprised one day? I think, I mean, I don't have any friends who were fully surprised. I think they knew when it was happening, at least within like the few months it was happening because they've either had that conversation. I think also if you're moving in with someone, you shouldn't be moving in with them unless you've had that conversation, because I think people you know, go with like the fun of it and they just decide to move in together or decide to be official and they don't actually speak about anything serious. And that can also, you know, it happened to it's someone very close to me recently where they had, they had to end their engagement because they never spoke about anything that was actually serious, financial, family, religion prior to getting engaged. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. You're terrific. Yes, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Also, tell our <laughs> listeners how they can follow you. You guys Sorry. can follow me on my Instagram account at Honestly Kate. Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so fun. And good luck on your new marriage. It sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. This was so much fun. And I wish you all the success for the podcast. I know it's going to be major. I have the, I have feelings about it. We hope you guys liked the episode with Katie. And please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at excuse my grandma if you don't already. Tell your friends and we will see you next week.